0: It's right a deep, deep. Villain of the week is rain. It it has to be rain, right? Like you got Red Sox, Yankees on opening day that was supposed to kick us off. Get postponed. What are we doing here on opening day? Regardless, today's opening day. Happy freaking opening day, Peter Apple, whoop. I'm not gonna let my own pain of my Yankees after a lockout going through all of this. Dick Monfort and the Rockies and their pains for the lockout. But I'm not going to take that on this podcast because this is not a Yankees Red Sox podcast. But yes, I am not particularly happy that on opening day, 105 Eastern Yankees Red Sox, a recap of the wildcard game is now postponed to Friday. But We have plenty of more games to talk about, and I am just so excited. Okay, so I'm pro-retractable roof. That is my baseline. If they're building a new ballpark from here on out, it's got to have a retractable roof. Agreed, because why would you not build it in? I mean, think about how much each gate makes a major league baseball team, right? So if you do a split gate doubleheader, you're doubling your ticket revenue. All that you're, you know, getting more concessions coming in as well. Like each time you bring fans to the ballpark, it's better for you. Um, obviously, they want to watch baseball outside if the weather permits. But if the weather's crappy, guess what? Not a, not as many people come. So why don't you just control it so where it's 70 or plus and sunny? You have, you know, an outdoor ballpark. And then when it's 45 degrees and rainy in April or in late September, you can close it and you can play inside and you don't lose that revenue. I think retractable roofs are the thing and they have to be the thing within like 15 years. The only problem is what are they going to knock down Wrigley? build a retractable they're going to knock down Fenway. They're going to knock so. down all of these legendary ballparks. That's the thing with these ballparks is they've been built in the 1840s. Okay. So yeah, that's the problem here. They weren't built in the 1840s, I will tell you that. Um were not built in the 1840s, but they were built in like when was Fenway built? Uh like 1900? I want to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Um now here's a fix. Have you seen the Simpsons movie? Yes. When they drop the big glass dome over Springfield. We're getting into ridiculous type conversations and we got to break down Brewers Cubs. Yeah, we got to do an opening day preview. We're also going to talk about J. Ram's extension that he signed yesterday morning. J. Ram is Cleveland Guardian for the next however many years. Interesting. Okay. But first and foremost, MLB the show came out and we were just talking about it before we started recording like Neither of us are really sit down and and hammer out video games, but we both play them. Like I, I just got MLB the show. I will play it a couple of uh, a couple of times this week, but I think my version of playing it and the normal person's version of playing it are very different. I don't really play the games. (laughs) I just like do franchise drafts and, and trades. Like, does that make me super weird or does that make me a degenerate worthy of hosting a podcast? I think it's the latter. I jumped on Twitch for our giveaway with Intense and we gave away the gaming desk, thanks to Intense uh, for reaching 100,000 followers on TikTok. So I jumped on MLB The Show and I was just playing during the stream and I started in the rookie ball, like Babe Ruth is throwing 91 to Shohei Otani, kind of like training how to hit. And I've played the game before. I've been a Twitch streamer technically for yeah. all of last. I can't hit the ball, Jack. I cannot hit the ball. I tried Robert Flores, his crab method. When he was on the show, he talked to us about the crab method to an MLB, the show to use two hands on the on the little analog stick. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't hit the ball. Video games have always been my kryptonite. I, I'd like to say that I'm pretty good at a decent amount of things, but video games is certainly not one of them. So it, now are you going to be better at it in like two weeks? Cause no. I know with some people, some games are just like, um, isn't it each time a, a different NBA 2K comes out, it gets harder to shoot and like you have to adjust to the shooting meter and all that stuff. I, it's not the same as MLB. It feels like the same sort of hitting. It's just impossible to hit. Like Bob Feller's throwing 104. Edward yeah. Cabrera has a 100 mile an hour sinker. They make the pitching just too good. It's too good. I'm not good enough at the game, and it makes me upset. Okay, so that's why I do the different hitting, where you don't, where you don't move like the zone. You just you hit X, and if it's timed rookie. up, yeah. What, I mean, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, that's just like the bottom of the barrel. Like, hey, you just got the game. And now you're pressing X to hit. You got to press up and down to hit. Or I don't even remember. I don't don't care. I hate video games. Regardless, like MLB The Show 22 is out, and I'm sure it's sick. I'm probably just going to sit there and do trades a lot and then shut it off and and go do something else. Uh, Jose Ramirez just got extended. A lot of guaranteed money. Full no trade clause. He's a Cleveland Guardian for the foreseeable future, around $25 million a year after his deal is up. He could have gotten more money. I don't necessarily know that he wanted to leave. I think a lot of people were just assuming that like, oh, it's Cleveland. You want to leave. I think J-Ram really likes being in that organization. I think he likes that they are constantly contenders, even when they have next to no offensive talent. If he's the only good hitter, they're still in the conversation because of how they develop pitchers. So I I think he's really happy as a Cleveland guardian. And, And honestly, That kind of took me by surprise. Did it take you by surprise? Took me completely by surprise. Think about it. You say they're constantly close to contending. I would say not really. I mean, they're always in the hunt-ish, and they've had some success over recent years. But, for example, like they're not, when we reviewed the AL Central, what did we have them as? Possibly a second-place team, but more than likely third or fourth? yeah. And the White Sox are not going to get any worse. And the Tigers are trending up and the Twins are trending up. So, and the Guardians don't have this history of spending a ton of money either. So when I looked at it, I thought, all right, Jose Ramirez didn't get as much as he deserves. And it's with a team that over the next five years, or they, how many times are they going to be in the playoffs over the next five years? It puzzled me, but it also made me happy for Jose Ramirez The fact that he finally got the extension that at least more money, he deserves more money, but at least he got the extension that he deserves. Okay, so let me give you the records of the Cleveland Guardians slash Cleveland Indians while Terry Francona has been the manager. That's since 2013. So Mm -hmm. we're looking at the last nine years of Indians and Guardians baseball, right? 2013, they were 92 and 70. Then they were 85 and 77. That's eight games over 500. 81 and 80, okay, a bit of a downtick. 2016, they are a pitch away from winning the World Series in game seven. They were 94 and 67. They won 102 games in 2017. 2018, they were 20 games over 500. 2019, they were 93 and 69. 2020, they were 35 and 25. And then 2021, they were 80 and 82. So I think mediocrity for them is not necessarily the name of the game. It was the name of the game for them in 2021 because the reigning Cy Young award winner was hurt the entire year and they had zero offensive talent. This team more often than not has been Tampa Bay junior. They they do a lot with what they have. And I think he knows that he's going to constantly be in at least the contention conversation. They might not always be in contention. Like they might be 81 and 81 this year. Hell, they might be 78 and 84. Does that math check out? I think it does. 162, yes. Yeah, 78 and 84. Like, that's what they might do this year. But you have a feeling that next year, they might be better. And with how many guys they have coming through the system right now that are close, Roquillo, Valera, Espino, La is up there now. Like, they've got so many guys coming up. I think he's really excited to be a Cleveland Guardian and win a lot of games throughout the duration of this contract i think you're right i'm gonna take back my point i think you're right then the guardians have been just much better than i thought they've been i know they've always been successful but when you go through the rosters they've really had a lot of success and that's a lot thanks to tino francona one of the best managers in the 21st century quite honestly he might be one he might be the best manager in the 21st century you know, with his time with the Red Sox, that championship there, then he goes over to the Guardians and he takes a team that doesn't really spend and consistently makes them a contender. The Guardians are really just two bats away from contending with the White Sox because they have the pitching. They have the bullpen. It's just you look at five through nine in their lineup and nobody excites you. Bobby Bradley is the first baseman. Yeah,
1: I mean, they, the have, they
0: have the farm and they have the depth to go deal for big leaguers. I Why feel like they? when they're ready, they're going to go do it. Why is it when they're ready? Be ready now. But like, I don't, you want Valera up. I think if I'm going to be a conservative general manager and know that I have to make every decision be the right decision. I want to wait to maximize the window. You know what I mean? Like if you go get a guy for a year and Valera doesn't come up this year, then you just, you know wasted a trade you just wasted a couple of prospects so if you let your prospects develop in an organization that is so well known for developing prospects successfully if you feel like your window to compete starts in 2023 go trade this coming off season yeah not That's a bad point at all mr McMullen. and you convinced me not a That's bad what point at do. all i didn't yeah. realize like I mean, from 2016 to 2019, their win totals were 94, 102, 91, 93. And then in 2020, they were 10 games over 500 in a 60 game regular season. I guess I didn't realize that they had that much success in 2020. I thought they'd been bad now for last year and the year before, but they were good last year. Shane Bieber, or not last year, I mean, 2020, Shane Bieber won the Cy Young and yeah. then he got hurt and they had a down year, but they still weren't, they didn't bottom out. So yeah. I'm with you. I'm excited for Jose Ramirez. I'm excited for the Guardians moving forward. It was a good contract. He deserved more, but at least he got a ton of money and he'll be totally financially set for life. And Plisak was hurt last year. And Cal and Quantrill he- didn't come on till the back half and Tristan McKenzie was hot and cold. Like, James running contract, out a front four cold. of Bieber, Quantrill, Plisak, and McKenzie. McKenzie's going to start in the bullpen, but, like, you've got Savali, who's great. I mean, dude, they might be really good. They just got to figure out a way to hit. Uh, They will figure out a way to hit tomorrow, hopefully, against Zach Cranky. That's at 410. We get started, though, with Brewers, Cubs at Wrigley Field, Corbin Burns, Kyle Hendricks. That was supposed to be game two of the 2022 baseball regular season. It is now game one with Red Sox Yankees postponed to Friday. Burns and Hendricks, one of those pitchers is objectively better than the other pitcher. One of them is objectively better than the other. Corbin Burns is that pitcher that's much better than Kyle Hendricks. Corbin Burns won the Cy Young last year, had a FIP under 2.0. He had a 2.43 ERA. He is gunning again for his cons- second consecutive Cy Young award, and he's going to face these Cubs. But this seems like a very lopsided matchup. Kyle Hendricks has a weird thing with the Brewers. He's always been pretty good against the Brewers and especially against this current roster. And I know that you're going to talk about well, what type of Kyle Hendricks are we going to get? And that's the question, but to the numbers, he's pitched against them in 253 plate appearances against this current roster pitched to a three, two, three FIP and a 238 batting average against this game could be closer than people think, but it's Corbin Burns and the Brewers. Yeah. Hendricks is like, so Hendricks was good. Hendricks is not good anymore. (laughs) That's the big problem there. Uh, And, and a guy that loved Kyle Hendricks is sitting right here. I loved him. I still love him. I still love watching him pitch because when Hendricks is on and when he's not surrendering the big ball, he's so enjoyable to watch because you watch it and it's like, how does he get so much soft contact magician? He's a magician. He's surgical, but Hendricks was not surgical last year. And I want to say it was opening day 2020 when Hendricks threw a complete game shutout against Milwaukee, you know, that version of Kyle Hendricks, I would say, let's go. This is going to be a great game, but this version, he is hard hit palooza. It's ridiculous. How many guys are just screaming liners through the infield? Why is he starting and not Marcus Stroman? Do you know? because he's been a cub for a long time and he's been a successful cub for a long time. You know, the opening day nod is more symbolic. It really only matters first time through. Yeah. You're kind of right there too. Kyle Hendricks. I do think he could put up a deceptively good game against the Brewers. God, I hope so. But when we were looking at the betting lines for tomorrow, this is a line that scares me almost too much to take it. What do you think the over under is for the game tomorrow? Eight and a half. It's 10 and a half. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Does that make you want to just say, let's go under, let's go under, let's go under? Yeah, but but if Hendricks isn't on. Yeah, but even in a Corbin Burns start, like the Brewers are minus 170 in this game. In other games where there's a lopsided pitching matchup and a lopsided team versus another team, they're around minus 220, minus 245 even. Like, for example, in that Braves game, the Braves are minus 245 against the Reds, and that's Max Fried versus Tyler Molly. Why are the Brewers almost minus 170 and the over-under is 10.5? That line scares me too much to even consider it. High of 45 degrees, 40% chance of rain. Yeah. I want to know which direction the wind's blowing. That's my big thing. Colby and I talked about that on our episode of Not Gambling Advice. We gave our best bets, and that's exactly what we talked about. Like, where is the wind blowing? Because when the wind's blowing, that's going to be a 15-run game. Could be. But if it's not, if it's blowing in... It's going to be a four-run game. <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. We'll see It's going to be a good does. game. Be a good, noted game to good cold-weather pitcher. Uh, 405. This is the most under, eh, I don't want to say that because there's one guy on here that's an opening day starter that is not good whatsoever. But uh, 405, probably the worst combined underwhelming uh, opening day tandem of starters. Mets-Nats in D.C. is Tyler McGill and Patrick Corbin. Are you going to watch this game? Well, no, because I think it's at the same time as the next game we're going to talk about where two of my favorite bets are, and I'll have it on. Like, you know, I always have multiple games on at a time, but it's not going to be the game I'm focusing on. Because what? Do I want to watch Patrick Corbin and his ineptitude give up five runs to the Mets? And they're throwing Tyler McGill, who's the most vanilla pitcher in the league. And he's going to walk Juan Soto, but then get everybody else to ground out to second. Exactly. Juan Soto is going to go one for one with a double and three walks. Nelson Cruz is going to go one for four with two Ks and a homer. Josh Bell is going to get a hit. And the Mets are going to win five to two because Pete Alonso will hit his first home run of the year off Patrick Corbin, and we're going to get the most medium opening day game when we could have gotten Jacob DeGrom versus. I mean, this was probably never going to happen, but in a in the perfect world, we get Jacob DeGrom versus a healthy Steven Strasburg. where yet we get Patrick Corbin versus Tyler McGill. I like that you said. Uh, I like that you said the most medium game instead of the most mid game. Medium. It's okay, to say mid. Mid is. Mid is so negative. It's got such a negative connotation. Such mid almost seems like bad because it's not bad. It's medium. It's like a baseball game. Yeah. Okay. You know? So are we, are we redefining mid for the cool kids out there because mid if you talk to anybody that like grew up where mid actually meant the middle, it's like, "Oh yeah, that's a mid game." But <laughs> now for for these baby boomers here, um it's it's like I, I don't like the word mid, but we do TikTok I, I, now. We gotta we gotta be up with the with the current lingo. You know we're yeah, only 24, know. 24 years old. We're still yeah. young pups. That game that first pitch is at four oh five. So you've got Brewers Cubs still going on from two twenty. So I'm going to be watching Brewers Cubs absolutely till four ten when I get Shane Bieber and Zach Greinke at Kauffman Stadium for Guardians Royals. God, this one's going to be good. And this is the game where i have my two favorite bets of the day. And I'll tell him I want to run them by you because I want to see what you think because these are going to be the bets that we release tomorrow. Guardians money line, minus 115. Shane Bieber over the Royals. Yeah. You think they can beat them? Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Minus 115, you know. <laughs> I absolutely. I don't think Zach Greinke's that good anymore. I think this is fun that he's back in a Royals uniform, but I don't think he's that good anymore. But let me tell you this. We have the under nine runs in the full game. Under nine runs. You got Bieber against the Royals lineup. He's been great against them. And it's Shane Bieber who has already looked great in spring training. But then you have Zach Greinke. And if Zach Greinke is going to give you one good start this year, it's going to be on opening day, and it's going to be at home against the Guardians. And his first start, remember, back in Kansas City, he won a Cy Young for Kansas City Royals. Now it's opening day back home. And if you can believe it, I'm going to bring some numbers in. He has a 3.08 FIP against this current Cleveland Guardians roster with a 200 batting average against. So he's had success against the Guardians before. He's home in Kansas City. I think he puts up a decent start and then Shane Bieber's going to shove. But the Guardians win and it goes under. What do you think? Split Scott is so back. Let's so go. Back. So the back. return of Split Scott. Um. Yeah, I, I think it goes under because I think that the Guardians' offense is atrocious outside of Jose Ramirez. So, see there you we know, go. <laughs> even if Zach Cranky wasn't that good, I still think this game could go under. This screams right? two-one. This screams two to one Guardians. Three to one, right? And you still have four runs to work with. It was eight four runs. Or yeah, it was nine. It, it was it was under nine runs. So if it was five to four, it would still push. You wouldn't oh, win yeah. or lose. Oh yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. What are we talking about here? Come on. It's not gambling advice. We're so fucking burnt, people. Next. Back. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, 4.15, you've got Pirates, Cardinals. The reason I reserved my average pitching. Uh, God, I, dude, JT Brubaker and Adam yeah. Wainwright. Wainwright's fun, but like JT Brubaker. Wainwright's going to shove it up the Pirates' ass on opening day. It's going to be so great. And he's been otherworldly against the Pirates in his career as well. Brubaker has not been good against the Cardinals. I think this will be Cardinals in somewhat of a route. Yeah. Um, the Pirates offense when fully healthy and when fully up in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. instead of in Indianapolis, by the way, fun to see O'Neill Cruz. He, he struggled a little bit on AAA opening night, but that dude is bigger than life. I mean, he's a massive human. My boy, Jack McBowen at 24 years old is the voice of the Indianapolis no, what? man. No, man. I'm number three on the totem pole. Howard Kelman. The legend is the voice just started year 46 last night. Howard Kelman, absolute legend uh, working with Andrew Kappas, keeping his seat warm. It, it's going to be a fun year. You're too uh, humble. I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make you the the, the thing. No, nah, man. Uh, but yeah, Brubaker starting. That offense is intriguing when fully healthy and fully up. But K- Brian Hayes is hurt. Um, you've got some other injuries there. I think Greg Allen is, is badly hurt. I think it might be a 60 day IL thing going on with Greg Allen right now, which sucks because I think Greg Allen deserves an everyday shot in major league baseball, at least a platoon shot in major league baseball. But, um, yeah, the pirates are a little banged up right now. And the Cardinals, they're going to ride this Wayno Pujols, Yachty voodoo magic, especially because all three of them are going to be suited up on opening day at Bush stadium. I, this makes a ton of sense. Tyler O'Neill's going 430 into the left field, uh, not bleachers, in, in Bush Stadium. What is it on the left side? I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to think. It's obviously not bleachers. What is like, is there something, is it called something in the left field at Bush Stadium in St. Louis? Big Mac land. Big Mac land. I was like, I knew it was something weird that yeah, it's something Big over Mac there. Big Mac land. He's going to hit one into Big Mac land at Bush stadium. Tyler. Yeah, why not, man? Um, you've got Reds Braves happening at eight Oh eight Eastern. I think this game is on ESPN too. I think this is the nationally televised game of the night. Uh, this is a good one, man. Tyler Malley and Max freed Malley on the road. We know how good Malley is on the road and the, the Braves are going to get their rings. I want to say Braves are going to get their rings. This is another one of my best bets, Jack. Let me throw it over to you. Under eight and a half runs. Oh, let, me, yeah. let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. What do we know about Tyler Malley? You said it yourself. He's, He's good much on better run. on the road. And he is on the road in Atlanta. What do we know that the Reds couldn't hit last year? Lefties. Lefties. Max Fried is a pretty good lefty, if I might say so myself. He could even win the Cy Young. He's that good of a lefty. How about the fact that the only hitter in the Reds lineup last year, besides Jonathan India, that could really hit left-handed pitching is He's Nick Cassianos, who mm-hmm. is now a Philly. And you have a Max Freed that has been great against these Reds in his career so far, pitched to a 2-2-1 FIP. But Malley, is it Malley or Molly? We have to get Mally. this Mali Malley. Tyler Malley. One lone start. One lone bad start against the Braves. Do you think it was at home or do you think it was on the road? It was at home. It was Of a course great it was at home. And over 46 plate appearances, he's pitched to a 3-1-1 FIP against this current Braves roster. This will be a struggle for runs. It's going to be a great game. I think the Braves end up winning, but I think you'll find a 4-2 type game with the Braves winning, but it going under the total of 8.5. Yeah, so this is, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. The Reds' offense is uninspiring now because yep. you have no Castellanos, you have no Winker, you have no A. Eugenio Suarez, and A. Eugenio Suarez was not inspiring last year, but he still provided the possibility of a solo home run whenever Absolutely. he came up. Um, now, who is it besides India? Isn't Barrero hurt right now? Tyler Stevenson is a guy who can hit some home runs. Okay, I mean, of course, Joey Votto can bang with the best one, but if we're talking it, like lefty face, lefty matchup, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. And then also on the Braves side, no Ronald Acuna to start the year. No right? Acuna. No, no Acuna. Acuna to start the year. Albies no is going to be a left-handed hitter tomorrow. Albies is going to be a left-handed hitter tomorrow. They have Matt Olson, but then again, no Freddie Freeman to beat up on a righty. But they do have Matt Olson, so he's going to rake. Yeah, but no Ronald Olson. Acuna, I Jr. can see Olson. like I can see this being a 4-1 game and Olson hits a three-run bomb in the seventh. Easily. This is going to be a 1-1 tied game into the sixth. And Matt Olson is going to say, hello, Braves. Welcome here. to the best replacement that you could have besides Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Right. I know you guys are pissed. Listen, I totally get that you guys are pissed that Freddie Freeman's not here anymore, but I'm a, I like, might be better. And I'm a whole grown kid who's on a team friendly contract <laughs> I'm that's from not going to Don't be people. mean to me. And I'm 27 years old and like, might be better than Freddie this year. I hit 39 bombs in the worst ballpark <laughs> on planet Earth last year. And I'm not like a bad guy in the clubhouse either. I'm just coming in. Hey, guys, what's going on? We want Freddie. Yeah. It's like, we you're well, not I'm Freddie, like almost <laughs> as good, like maybe better. No. Just give me like a week. Come on. Give me a week. Uh, but we will is- give Braves fans credit. They lost their forever guy. They lost their Derek Jeter. Yeah. And Freddie doesn't debut until uh, tomorrow, which we'll get to tomorrow. But um, best game of the night. Mm-hmm. Is it nine thirty eight? Houston yep. in Anaheim. Otani and Framber Valdez. This is going to be a blast. This is going to be an absolute blast. We get Otani, who's had some success against the Angels or against the Astros, excuse me. And Framber has been great against the Angels. And I'm so excited to see Trout and Rendon, the right-handed batters, going up against Framber, ground ball guy. They're going to want to put the ball in the air. This is just going to be a great battle the Astros bullpen is still good the Angels bullpen is revamped this is going to be the closest thing to Babe Ruth against the best offensive last year I cannot wait for 938 tonight dude when I tell you I'm so excited to see Mike Trout take a knee-high fastball and golf it to left center golf it dude Golf it. that's what he does that is the most aesthetically pleasing thing in baseball still Mike Trout going down to get a low pitch and pumping it out to left center field Devers did that in spring training and like he's getting up there of the golfers. Yeah. Like the low pitch with the lefty swing that he just flicks out. That's just like launch angle is just 90 degrees because it's straight up in the air. You know, who's going to do that all the time when they come up is O'Neill Cruz. Cruz is going to do that constantly. Flatty does it all the time already, but Trout, I mean, there's something about like how mechanically sound the swing still is. When he goes and gets a knee high fastball, now if he has to sell out for a shin high fastball, which he doesn't do, he can probably go do that and it looks different. But when when Fromber is trying to you know dial it in, start the fastball mid thigh and let it just run down to knee level, I mean Trout's going to take one of those for a ride. Is Mike Trout still your number one player going into twenty twenty two? No, you to Soto. I think it's Soto. Hmm. Because I'm Soto's been, it- healthy yeah, been healthy and Trout hasn't been healthy. I agree. My only thing is with Trout is that before he went down with the injury, he was leading the league in batting average. He was leading he the had league. He 1100 hugging. OPS. Yeah. He had eight home runs that led the league too. So I feel like until if Mike Trout has another season where he misses most of the season due to the calf injury last year or something else this year, I'm ready to have that conversation, but I just, I can't. It's Mike Trout. If he was bat like if he had a Rendon type injury-ish season yeah, where yeah. his production just fell off the cliff and we're like, oh, no, what's to come? Yeah, but yeah. everything was amazing until the injury. So I'm like, uh, it's still Mike Trout for me. It, Trout is LeBron. When when they're on the floor, there's no stopping them. Lakers missed the playoffs, though. It's kind of hilarious. I know, but LeBron has two fifty 50-point games. You know what I, Like LeBron, he's either not playing or he's on the floor and being a mate. Mm, Trout is Kevin Durant. Because when Katie's on the floor, I mean, he's the best scorer in the league. And it's like, oh, my God, if only Brooklyn had a healthy Kevin Durant all the time. That's the conversation we have with Trout, right? He's not on the field. When he's on the field, he's going three for four with a homer. And it's like, oh, my God, what if Anaheim had a healthy Trout all the time? DeGrom's the same thing with the Mets. And then we'll have so, the conversation with Corbin Burns if he does it again. Yeah, I'm going to reverse it on you. If if Degrom is out pretty much the entirety of the year, if he comes back, reaggravates something, um, and, and Burns or Bieber or Cole has a transcendent year, is Jacob Degrom the best pitcher in baseball to start 2023? He can't be. He can't be. He can't rely on him. He can't be. He can be the most talented starting pitcher still. We're not going to take that away from him probably until he retires. Yeah. But the best, like if Corbin Burns wins a second Cy Young, that's a 2020 where he was elite 2021. He was the best pitcher in baseball. And if he wins another Cy Young, or at least is right there, like let's say, let's say Shane Bieber has a great year and Cole has a great year, but Burns has an amazing year. I'm going with Burns. What if Bueller has an amazing year? He could have an amazing year. It's (laughs) open. The race is open right now. And I'm excited. It's wide open right now. When the top dog goes down with injury, I mean, it's everybody storming the castle trying to take the crown. Uh, Last one, the nightcap. First pitch is at 940. You Darvish in Arizona against Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner's not good anymore. Arizona sucks. I'm really curious to see Darvish. So curious to see Darvish. He's the number one pitcher that I'm going to be watching the closest because Darvish is so unbelievable in terms of a talent perspective. He throws seven pitches, sometimes eight. He throws in the mid to high nineties. All of his pitches have incredible movement and you can't read it out of the hand. The only person who can beat you Darvish is you Darvish. And we saw that with the sticky stuff. We've seen that through the injuries when you Darvish is on, he's incredible, but when he's not on, he's borderline unpitchable, very polarizing player. And we're going to watch him on opening day at nine 40 at night at chase field in Arizona. It's going to be fascinating, dude. I'm glued to the TV from the job to 20. There's no rest. I'm watching Brewers Cubs. Then we're watching Reds Braves. Then we're watching. I mean, yeah, Reds Braves. We're going to well, mix I mean, in that Cardinals game. I'm going to be glued to Shane Bieber and the Royals. The only game I'm really probably not going to watch that closely is Mets Nationals. Seriously. Because I want to watch Wainwright. Seriously. That's kind of where I'm at too. Um and then you've got Friday. Like we're not going to talk about Friday right now because we have tomorrow's episode to talk, talk about, about Friday, tomorrow. but I mean, it's a loaded slate and you look at the pitching matchups with, with teams that are making their season debuts on Friday. Like I'm looking at G Leto and Erod. I'm looking at Yvaldi and Cole bumped back a day to open up Friday. And then our nightcap is Manaya and Merrill Kelly, Blich. But the latest, uh, the latest debut we have is 435 Sandy Alcantara and Logan Webb in San Francisco. Like, that's incredible. We're so lucky. And we, yes, we had a 99-day lockout and all that. Listen, baseball's back. Like, and, and you have to wait four hours. I can do that. I can do that. Fuck it. We're back. We're, We're back. back. Baseball's back. Opening day is back. A hot dog is back. <laughs> hot dogs are so back. Popcorn is back. Sunflower seeds are back. Sodium, so back. Sodium could be more back. on baseball field is so back what i was i played um in my softball league um over the weekend our our game got canceled due to rain so we just did uh one of those things where you just like hit bp and i hit a couple home runs smelling the grass home runs are back home runs are so back and i'm one of them i actually hit home runs before any of these guys did who's your apples so back who's (laughs) who's gonna all right so we have brewers cubs who's gonna hit the first home run of the year I don't know if it's going to happen in Brewers' Cup. Co- Actually, it's going to happen in Brewers' It's going Co- to happen. So. We know um, who it is. We know who it is. You know who Renfro? No, we know who it is. You're not going to say Ian Happ. Of course I'm going to say Ian Happ. That was the name that was dropped in our Just Baseball group chat. It's a, It's always Ian Happ. Like, Ian Happ is the guy who's going to hit the first home run off Corbin Birds. Everyone's going to be like, whoa, the Cubs are ahead on the, bur- on the Brewers, and the Brewers are going to end up winning because Hendricks is going to blow it. But Ian Happ is going to hit the first home run of the year. What if it's Seah Suzuki? That would be so fire. (laughs) That would be so sick. God, Just Baseball is back. Just Baseball is back, baby. Get your Just Baseball merch in the episode link description. I'm rocking my Just Baseball tee. If you checked out this episode, go check out Not Gambling Advice. I did my three best bets, 15-minute episode with Colby Olson. Also, go check out the call-up. We're doing a bunch of prospect stuff. And, of course, on JustBaseball.com. We also started a chalkboard which is kind of like a discord service except better it's more geared towards the sports betting circle well we're also going to be throwing in our articles in there just a lot more deeper baseball conversations so the link to that is also in the episode description we have everything humming for opening day and baseball is back firing on all cylinders and with that thank you everybody and happy opening day